Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's expected to be the hottest day of the summer. We'll talk about how to spot the warning signs of dangerous exposure in this kind of extreme heat. Also this morning, State Representative John Cross will share his thoughts on this week's roundtable with business and education leaders about the work of the Center to Advance Manufacturing. We have a reminder from Litter Landing that the last chance is coming up next week to dispose of those household hazardous waste materials before you have to store them for the winter. And September is National Library Card Sign-Up Month. The Findlay-Hancock County Public Library is giving away prizes. We'll tell you what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. Did you catch the uh, GOP debate last night? The uh, candidates who want to uh, who want to move the party away from Donald Trump were all on the stage in uh, what Milwaukee was it? Uh, was where the debate was. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump, who is currently leading in the polls for the Republican presidential nomination, declined to take the stage last night. Uh, so the uh, eight candidates. Uh, did not include the front runner. Instead, he taped an interview with Tucker Carlson that went live on X, formerly Twitter, at the same time as the debate. And um, now that was a pre-recorded interview, so presumably so that the president could actually watch the debate while the while his interview was airing, you know, counter-programming the debate uh, on Fox. Uh, in case you missed. The former president's uh, interview on X with Tucker Carlson, he did not say much that he hasn't said before, although he did criticize all of his rivals for the nomination, saying that they shouldn't be running against him. How dare you uh, run against me? So anyway, uh, that was uh, pretty much the uh, gist of it. But I do know that the president was watching the debate because we get, you know, I get uh, all of the uh, press releases from the uh, Trump organization, from the uh, campaign and, and such. And they sent out no less than 12, <laughs> 12 press releases during the course of the debate last night. There were a dozen emails in my inbox this morning that all came <laughs> at the time of the debate. I haven't I haven't read any of them yet, but they're uh, out there. He was, you know, at, busy uh when i say tweeting up a storm but he was emailing up a storm uh you know while the uh, debate was going on so you know that he was watching anyway enough on that some of the other uh interesting stories that i think are worth noting right out of the gate this morning you know how paul harvey the late legend paul harvey used to say this day's news of most lasting significance may be this Here is the story that Paul would be talking about today under that heading. Maybe the single most positive story we have heard yet about the possibilities of artificial intelligence. A woman who was incapacitated by a stroke 18 years ago is now communicating again thanks to the use of artificial intelligence, AI. Electrodes planted in her brain decode her thoughts and translate them into words and audio. The audio uses her own voice, adapted from a recording of her speech that she made at her wedding just two years before her stroke. So the AI system interprets her thoughts, forms the words, and relays them in her own voice now is that not amazing i mean that's about the most amazing thing i think i have ever heard um a little disturbing that the computers can read your literally read this woman's mind but uh, pretty exciting stuff nonetheless again this is one of those things stories about technology that in the right hands can do wonderful things But can you imagine if that kind of technology fell into the wrong hands? Oh, my goodness. That is the uh, thing that uh, bad superhero movies are made of. (laughs) Comic book stories made of. 
But it's pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Some of the other uh, most interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories of the day. This jumped out at me this morning because, again, first week of uh, new school year for Findlay City School students. We've been talking about that the uh, past couple of days. And um, this is kind of interesting. Tell your kids they get on the school bus this morning to go out of their way to make it a point to say hello to their bus driver. A team of psychologists from the University of Sussex finds that saying hello to bus drivers boosts their sense of well-being. And only, despite the fact that it has such great effects uh, on a fellow human being, only 23% of riders greet their, their driver when they get on the bus. Just one in four. Now, they were looking at public transit workers, not school bus drivers. But I would think that the same thing would apply. Um, Drivers report feeling respected, seen, and appreciated when they are greeted as people board their bus. Seems like something small, but if a person, especially a young person, hops on my bus and says, thanks, driver, it can change my whole mood. That was according to uh, one experienced drive, one veteran driver who's been behind the wheel of a bus for more than a decade. Pilot project prompting Londoners to greet drivers as they board resulted in an increase of the behavior on the bus, improved behavior uh, on the bus by 7%. Humans have a fundamental need to belong, according to Dr. Jillian Sandstrom led this study from the University of Sussex. Humans have a fundamental uh, fundamental need to belong. We suffer emotionally and physically when we feel disconnected from other people. So let's make that something that we do today. Tell your kids to make sure that when they jump on the bus, greet the bus driver. Say hello. Say good morning. It's just a nice thing to do. It will boost their mood. It will make everybody's ride more pleasant. We can do that, right? We can do that. The Taco Tuesday uh, thing is not done, apparently. I saw this story in the uh, Newswire. Gregory Gregory. That's really his name. Gregory Gregory. He's a New York, or I'm sorry, a New Jersey restaurateur with a distaste for tacos. Is now in a battle against Taco Bell's legal endeavor to claim the Taco Tuesday trademark. This is a report um, that I saw about uh, Gregory's Restaurant and Bar. Since 1979, this uh, gentleman's establishment has proudly offered tacos under the Taco Tuesday label, having secured the trademark for the state of New Jersey in 1982. Resolute in his stance, Mr. Gregory asserts concern not about Taco Bell using the term, but about potential misuse of the term. Misuse and overuse. Armed with a cease and desist letter, he highlights the effort invested in protecting his brand. Taco Bell, represented by its vast reach of uh, lawyers, along with uh, celebrity endorsements and, and all of that, have sought to liberate Taco Tuesday nationwide. The battle was primarily directed at Taco John's, which was a which is a Wyoming chain that uh, held the nationwide trademark. They recently relinquished their claim to that. While while Taco Bell's pursuit continues, Mr. Gregory stands unwavering, preserving a legacy he intends to pass on to his grandson. So he has the state trademark in New Jersey and has no intention of giving it up. So the Taco Tuesday matter is not yet settled, as it turns out. Stay tuned, as they say. By the way, speaking of food, did you happen to see this? Waffles are about to get a flavorful boost. Pebbles, the company behind the cereals Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles, is elevating the breakfast indulgence with their latest creation, Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles Flavored Waffles. You heard that right. Uh, timed perfectly, it says you're timed perfectly with National Waffle Day, which is today, in case you didn't know, National Waffle Day. 
They are offering customers the chance to try it for free. So if you're a little unsure about this, you can... It's not going to cost you anything. Um, Let's see here. It says, by purchasing the waffles between now and October 16th and submitting a receipt on getfreewaffles.com, you can reclaim up to $3.79 through Venmo or PayPal. They'll reimburse you the cost of trying their Pebbles Taco, Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles flavored waffles. Uh, Six packs of these innovative waffles now up for purchase at various outlets at a retail grocer near you. If you are interested. Would you? Is it Fruity Pebbles flavored waffles? I don't know. I'm thinking my, uh, it would, I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea, um, but uh, I don't know, buttering, I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, buttering up and pouring syrup over my Fruity Pebbles, why does it be like, you know, pouring syrup in my cereal? And I I don't know if that's just a little much, but anyway, you know, try them and get reimbursed so you're not out anything. Why not? Give it a try. And lastly, here among the first things you need to know this morning, this may be the best story of the day. Kind of bring a smile to your face. A California-based children's book author is giving back to the people affected by the wildfires on the island of Maui. Uh, Children's book author Jennifer Ann Sweeney has collected 5,200 pounds of books to send to Lahaina. In a matter, in just a matter of days. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, that's not the top thing on their list are books. I mean, you know, they've lost everything. They've lost their homes, they've lost their livelihoods, lost all of their possessions. Books, probably not the top thing on their list that they need to be, uh, that they need to replace. But ultimately, we all need books. So, being a children's book author, Uh, Ms. Sweeney decided this was what she could do. In a matter of days, she put this out there, trying trying to collect books for the the folks in Lahaina. And in just a matter of days, she received boxes upon boxes of books from people not just here in the United States, but from all over the world. Canada, Norway, Australia, New Zealand, all over the world. She is now planning to restock the entire library in Lahaina. Once it is rebuilt, isn't that, and that's, uh, that's really wonderful. Again, maybe not the first thing at the top of their list of, you know, their needs, but, uh, but definitely on the list and we all do what we can. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly sunny skies expected today with a high in the mid-90s. Partly cloudy tonight, uh, low in the mid-70s. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office showed off its new armored tactical vehicle to other law enforcement agencies and officials. Captain Mark Price. Truly a great asset to have, not only for our county, but also for our surrounding counties. Mutual aid uh, resources that we could have to provide for sheriff's offices and or law enforcement agencies uh, in our region that might need something in case of emergency. The captain says the Bearcat will be very valuable in any scenario involving officer safety like a barricaded subject with a gun and having to make an approach. Get more of our conversation with the captain about the armored vehicle and see some video of it in the story on our website. The Hancock Leadership Program is accepting proposals from local organizations to help the 2024 class choose its local service project. The project proposal must have a central service component and be community-oriented. Previous Hancock Leadership classes have completed projects such as TAPS for Military Veterans, the You Belong Campaign, the History Walk at Brooklocker Memorial Park, and Why on the Fly, among others. Proposals must be submitted to the chamber no later than September 19th. Get more details in the story on our website. The new president of Ohio State is taking the reins just as its athletic director of 18 years is about to retire. Buckeye teams under Gene Smith won 115 Big Ten titles. He will call it a career, though, in July of 2024. And then it will be up to the new president, Ted Carter, to find his replacement. Let's just be clear, there is no replacing a legend like Gene Smith. That said, I'm looking forward to working with him. We'll have six months to work on it together. I'm excited about the opportunity to build that 
that new team of leadership in arguably the greatest Division I sports program of any college campus in the country. I'm Dom Tiberi. The Hancock Park District will be holding a photography hike at Airland Recreation Area. Participants will hike the trails, taking photos of scenery, wildlife, plants, and anything else that will make an interesting subject. All skill levels are welcome on the photography hike. Get more details in the story on our website. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, this is expected to be the hottest day of the summer with heat indices into the triple digits. WTOL 11 Chief Meteorologist Chris Vickers joins us this morning. Kind of ironic, Chris, actually, that we haven't seen more of this kind of weather, given that it's really all anyone has been talking about, how hot the summer has been in other parts of the country. Have we just lucked out to this point or what? That's exactly it. Much of the nation has been just sweltering away this summer. But our area has been quite comfortable, so we've dodged most of the major heat. It was inevitable and just a matter of time before we got our taste of it. And uh, we're going to serve some of that up for you guys, especially uh, through the course of the afternoon. Extreme heat that will be expected today uh, could be pushing us toward record highs. And that heat index, what it feels like, 105 to 110 wow. through the peak afternoon wow. hours. So what what is going on meteorologically? Why are we seeing such hot weather now? Right. So, you know, it's not uncommon that, you know, a ridge of high pressure establishes itself somewhere across the country mid to late August as you get into the uh, second half of the summer season. We've seen a massive ridge of high pressure that's established itself right across the central part of the United States. And, uh, And when I say it has just been absolutely baking the United States, I'm talking from uh, Minnesota down to Louisiana, back into Texas. We're talking over a dozen states that are under excessive heat warnings. We're just getting a little bit of that breaking off and uh, finally arriving into our area, an area of low pressure that's sweeping into the northern plains of Great Lakes, actually just bringing some of that heat briefly into our area. And and if we're going to look at this in a positive light, Let's be thankful it's really only about 24 to 36 hours of some heat, and then it's right out of here toward the upcoming weekend. Yeah. So we don't get the extended amount of heat like much of the country has been dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, that's been part of the story nationally, so we're fortunate in that respect as well. But the main point that we want people to know is that obviously this can be extremely dangerous when the heat and the humidity get up this high. Yeah, that's the concern because not only is it going to be really hot, but an exceptionally high amount of humidity. Uh, which is going to put our area, much of the listening area this morning, under excessive heat warnings, which means we could see a heat index value of 105 to 110. Now, that's going to be specifically for our peak afternoon hours. So simply at this point, we understand this is summer. We get it's August, but we're going to go ahead and give you that little extra bit of advice today. You know, if you can avoid strenuous activity at all today, that'd probably be a good idea. And specifically avoiding it, peak heating hours. So really anytime from lunchtime through early evening. Uh, If you can avoid being outdoors, if you have the ability to be in air conditioning, uh, go ahead and do that. We have already gotten word that many uh, many sports and schools have canceled after school practices Mm -hmm. and and some games have either been rescheduled or postponed. It's not a bad idea. Again, it's a one-day heat wave that really spikes up today. If we can find alternate ways to kind of avoid the hottest time, Let's go ahead and do that. Now, what if uh, somebody can't avoid it completely if they do uh, need to be out at some point? Uh, again, it doesn't take much activity to really uh, overdo it in heat like this. What are some of the danger signs? What are some of the warnings? What should we do and not do uh, in order to deal totally with these understand. conditions? Right. I mean, we've got we've got many people that have careers that must be outdoors. Yeah. And uh, we get days like this. Unfortunately, you know, we're not a stranger to heat and heat that arrives this time of the year. So extra fluids. And I would start first thing in the morning. You know, I, I love that cup of coffee, just like the next person. But maybe you want to alternate cup of coffee with a cup of water first thing in the morning, just to kind of get the extra fluids down. You're going to want to schedule some extra breaks throughout the course of the day. So uh, allow some time for your body to cool down and recover and keep those fluids through the course of the afternoon and uh, uh, monitor yourself 
and others that may be around you for signs of heat stroke or uh, heat exposure, uh, which could be, you know, dizziness. Uh, you could feel a little bit faint. You could be um, uh, extra amounts of sweaty. You can almost get a little clammy. Those are some really big warning signs that you uh, could be experiencing some heat stroke or uh, signs of, uh, you know, heat fatigue at the very least. Yeah. So to schedule regular breaks, to give yourself time to recover from the heat, uh, is going to be advised. And again, we're fortunate. By the time we get to the weekend, we're so much better. We're back in the 70s. For yeah. Uh, and if you do observe some of those signs, get medical attention because this is nothing to, to mess around with. It can be uh, very, very serious. And by the way, not, not, yeah, not to forget this uh, as well. This kind of heat often produces pop-up storms that can come on quickly yeah. and pack a pretty good punch as well. So, and that's one thing about this too. I mean, we're very confident that we're going to be close to record high heat. We're very confident of these high heat index values. But when you get this amount of storm energy, so to speak, in the atmosphere, we expect that we may see some storms at some time or another over the next 24 hours. There's a couple windows that may be more favorable than others, but it's still fairly uncertain, even this close to the actual game itself, yeah. uh, of when we may be seeing those scattered thunderstorms. And where we do see them, there's potential. We may get some really torrential downpours, uh, thunder, lightning, and uh, some hail and gusty winds would be the big threat with any of those storms. Uh, there's a lot of storm energy energy out there uh, through the course of the day today. It's just uh, what triggers them uh, is still going to be highly uncertain. So right. uh, keep that in mind. It's sort of a, a dual threat, a secondary threat. But yes, there is the risk of some strong and even severe storms that we're going to have a close eye on. Yeah, really difficult to predict exactly when, but very unstable stuff. So uh, nothing to mess around with over the next uh, 24 to 36 hours or so. We'll keep a close watch on it. Again, WTOL 11 Chief Meteorologist Chris Vickers with us this morning. Chris, thanks for the for the update. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. You guys stay cool today. Always great to check in with you in the morning. And of course, we'll keep you covered on WTOL 11. And uh, I can't wait to talk more about the comfortable weather this upcoming weekend. You guys enjoy and stay safe. On the line with us. Now this morning, State Representative John Cross, who was part of this week's roundtable with business and education leaders, other government leaders, about the work of the Center to Advance Manufacturing, as it has been rechristened. We were talking about that a little bit yesterday with uh, Tim Miley. And uh, Ms. Cross, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. First of all, we appreciate it. Morning, Chris. How are you? Doing well. Before we uh, get to the uh, roundtable, I want to ask your uh, your thoughts, kind of uh, your takeaways uh, from that event. Um, want to welcome you to the uh, community, as most folks have uh, have probably already heard. Uh, you are moving with your family to Findlay from Kenton. Uh, we heard uh, about the uh, the loss of uh, of your home in that uh, in that fire. Uh, now, I guess, what, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, good to know that everybody is okay, and and uh, obviously want to welcome you to the community. Yeah, thank you very much. Not not the way uh, we planned to move or uh, wanted to move, but mm-hmm. sadly, we, we had a house fire, a garage fire, a start in the garage, and, and we lost everything. And, but most importantly, uh, Christina, Carson, Connor, and our puppy, Buckeye, all are standing upright. And doing well and we just want to thank the community uh, everybody throughout the district uh, throughout the state have been so kind and so helpful uh, it really has kept our our spirits high and strong and so we're we're moving forward and and uh, you know if there is any silver lining in this we we certainly are excited to uh, to move to Finley it, it comes with mixed emotions I, I you know I grew up in Kenton mm-hmm. hate to leave my hometown well, we had to find a house quickly. I need stability for the family, and uh, we did find a house in Finley, and we're excited to move there and just have a roof over our head and, and not live in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, I guess the other silver lining in all of this uh, is with the timing of it, obviously, uh, during the uh, the summer season when things are a little bit less busy in Columbus, where you can focus uh, more of your time uh, to recovery without uh, everything else uh, going on. Yeah, that's right. It's not not like we're in the middle of a budget or right. uh, a legislative crisis. So I, we, I, I just want to thank again uh, the constituents for uh, allowing me to have some grace and time to to get settled here. And we have a long road to recovery and mm-hmm. working with insurance companies. But we're also, uh, my family and I are going to certainly be 
uh, important advocates for fire safety. So, you know, check your smoke alarms, put a heat sensor in your garage, uh, contact your insurance companies to make sure your insurance is up to date, you know, have fire extinguishers nearby. But we certainly want to be uh, advocates uh, on fire prevention, fire safety, because when you lose your house to a fire and you lose it all, mm-hmm. we literally ran out. Of, we, we ran out of the house uh, with just the clothes on our back, and that's all we had. Yeah. And um, so you, you have a perspective of that, and we know there's a lot of friends uh, doing that and and getting more uh, prevention uh, safe and you know. Yeah. Plan your evacuation from your house. All those important things you got to do when you never expect to have a house fire. And so when you do, you want to be prepared. Yeah. It's one of those things that we talk about all the time. And until it, it hits you really close to home, you don't realize uh, just how uh, significant that is and, and how big of an event right. uh, that is uh, for your family. So good to know uh, that uh, everybody is on the mend and, and recovering. And again, uh, welcome you to the uh, Finley community. As we mentioned, you. Uh, you were among those uh, government leaders that were invited to take part in this week's roundtable, along with uh, business leaders and uh, representatives from the uh, universities, from the uh, schools that are part of this uh, Center to Advance Manufacturing, It has been uh, as it has been rechristened. Uh, talk a little bit about your uh, takeaways uh, from that event earlier this week. Well, it, it was very exciting. One, I actually helped uh, in the last budget cycle, Chris. I led the effort to carry the amendment to start the funding for this program. We have put about $3 million into this program to help get it off the ground and running. And we, in the state of Ohio, I think they're going to try to seek an additional you know, uh, $40, $50 million from us. And I'm certainly going to help champion that effort because here you have three institutions. You have a public college, a independent college, University of Finley, the public college is Bowling Green State University, mm-hmm. and a community college, community college, Owens Community College, coming together to start a program to basically take care of the needs and the workforce of the, uh, what I like to call the Interstate 75 corridor. There's mm-hmm. a ton of manufacturing happening in Northwest Ohio, and particularly right here in Hancock County. And so, so how do we get students prepared uh, for the workforce. And, well, you you build a program that can really just uh, take the the, the student who's going to get skilled, trained, and and educated in advanced manufacturing and and hopefully put them right here in northwest Ohio where the demand is at. And the other part, Chris, that's really important to this, these three – institutions of higher education are not trying to do this on their own and we're not duplicating programs. This is really important. It's about mergers. The three institutions have come together instead of trying to do this individually mm-hmm. and cost even more money. We're now bringing the resources from three colleges together. And I think that's why state officials and legislators like myself are really interested in making this investment because we're not doing this times three or four. We're, we're, right. we're smartly having these institutions come together. One of the other things that I thought was interesting, you talk a lot about uh, the education side of this and, and growing the workforce and equipping the workforce. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, that's uh, priority number one for the universities. Uh, with respect to the education and training and so on. But in speaking with Tim Miley yesterday on the uh, program, one of the things that uh, he emphasized was the uh, other uh, side of that coin in ramping up the um, uh, the advanced manufacturing uh, part, helping manufacturing uh, integrate advanced technologies for efficiency and greater competitiveness uh, in a global economy. And, and you really can't discount that part of uh, the uh, center's mission as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, manufacturing has changed so much, and it's only going to get uh, even more streamlined. And no matter which way that these manufacturing companies decide to go, whether it's uh, automation and advancement, how, however they continue to build things, uh, there are going to be very specific jobs that are going to need filled onto, uh, you know, uh, not only build something, but run these machines, uh, run the, uh, the facility. A lot of engineers are going to be needed. Um, we are so uh, under 
the need for engineers that when an engineer graduates from a college in Ohio, we're losing them to out-of-state jobs because the demand is so high across this country. And so, so really, what I think is really important here is that we're going to take these uh, uh, kind of engineering uh, and technology students mm-hmm. and really get them trained and, and, and focused right here in Northwest Ohio. Uh, selfishly, we have to, right? This is about uh, recruitment. The colleges are going to go out and recruit the, the best kids they can around the country, around the state, get them to their uh, institution for advanced manufacturing. We're going to train them, educate them, and then we need to retain them. Yeah. And the retainment part is so important. We're, we're losing somewhere between 10 to 40% of our college graduates around the state of Ohio to out of state, to taking their first job yeah. out of state. We need to recruit. We need to keep them here in the Buckeye State, and so we're also working on additional policies to try to make Ohio competitive and keep them here. It's so important. And, and uh, folks will remember that's actually been a uh, you have long time uh, been a long time champion of thinking out of the box and coming up with uh, yep. ideas and ways of keeping those. Uh, students, those young uh, college graduates and technical school graduates and so on in the state of Ohio, uh, as opposed to allowing this brain drain that we've seen. We've talked about that on the program many, many times. It's uh, been one of your longstanding missions. Yeah, we're not, we, we certainly, in my time in the legislature, I've been very focused on economic and workforce development issues. And, and higher education is really important because the good news in Ohio, we're not short on colleges in Ohio. Mm-hmm. We have some of the best community colleges uh, and, and four-year uh, colleges uh, in the state, and you can find one on the map anywhere. What we need to do is, uh, is continue to work with these colleges around the state and look at this program and say, here's a program they've identified a need. They've come together with resources and this is not just the state of Ohio putting money in to start this program on the campus at Finley at Owens. They, too, the universities are going to put their own money into this. So it's a, it's a great collaboration between the state and the universities. But I'm hopeful that this happens around the state. I'm hopeful that other universities and community colleges can join forces right. because it's only going to open the doors up to those students enrolled in those schools to take advantage of those programs. Right. And then what we need is we need more students. That's the challenge we're going to have over the next 10, 20 years is how do we keep enrollment up? How do we keep students uh uh, going through these programs to be skilled and trained and ready to go for the future jobs that some don't even exist. So we have some more work to do there, but we are certainly excited by the opportunities that Intel, Ford, Honda, and other major announcements that are happening by bringing people to Ohio. And so uh, it, it's just a really exciting time for the state of Ohio because we are going to be booming uh, and I think the state economy uh, over the next uh, several years because people see Ohio as the manufacturing hub for the country. We will leave it there again. State Representative John Cross with us this morning uh, with his thoughts, his takeaway after this week's uh, roundtable with business and education leaders about the work of the Center to Advance Manufacturing, which he was a, a part of earlier this week. Mr. Cross, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Well, summer is the big time of Outdoors, lawn improvement, home improvement uh, kind of things. You go through all of that uh, through the uh, course of the summer season. And now as summer is winding down, you have all of those materials that maybe you don't want to have around in your home. You want to get rid of. Last Chance is coming up next week to dispose of those household hazardous waste materials before the alternative is you have to store them up for the winter. Courtney Comstock is here from uh, Litter Landing, the Hancock County uh, Solid Waste Management District. And, uh, Courtney, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it. Hey, it's good to be here. So uh, this has been an ongoing thing through the uh, course of the summer, but uh, now with summer coming to an end, uh, you ramp that down for the year. And like we said, if you don't get rid of these things, you kind of have to 
you know, find a place to store them until you can get rid of them, and nobody wants to do that. So, Yeah, um, we host, the Hancock County Solid Waste District hosts approximately 20 events starting in April to August. Right. That's been happening the last four or five years pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Monday, the 28th being the final Monday final of one, August, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. is the last chance to bring us your herbicides, pesticides, uh, fertilizers, old fuels, gasoline's been sitting in the corner. Mm-hmm. You changed the oil going into winter. You've got that gallon jug, five-gallon right. jug sitting over there. Those are the types of things that we're collecting on that day. Um, and again, it's your final of chance. Otherwise, it's going to sit on a shelf, sit in the basement, which mm-hmm. a lot of us, let's be honest, we've already got that stuff sitting in our basement. Right. So it might be a good time to clean it out. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, this, uh, if you have uh, older stuff that has been sitting around, uh, it, it, there's no uh, time limit or expiration on this, right? I mean, right. Well, so. I mean, other than the fact that Monday's our last event, well, the chemicals I mean, themselves. Yeah, if they've been sitting there for years, yes, you can still take them. You can absolutely still yeah. bring them to us. I've had people that have come into the facility and been like, I found this in this basement. I don't even know what it is. Uh, we contract with Raider Environmental, which is also a local company. They come in and provide us with the services and the technology needed to test those things and properly control it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the things get actually recycled and not yeah. just uh, decontaminated. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and... and- Again, this is stuff that you, this is by definition hazardous waste. It is not stuff that you necessarily want to have laying around the house. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people tend to, you know, shame on them. They go out back, they dump the oil out by the garage. Yeah, shouldn't, absolutely should, should not, do, not that. do that. This but is even, an opportunity for a free disposal. Yeah, but, but even, you know, sitting on a shelf in the basement or the shed or whatever, yep. it's not that it necessarily, we're not talking about nuclear waste here. No. But, uh, but still, it is hazardous. It is best not to have it in the home and this is the the best way uh the proper way to uh to get rid of it absolutely i mean there's still a lot of people that have mercury thermometers in their house which you can take yes absolutely Um, bring them out you Um, mentioned you mentioned a few of the things that are that will be accepted run through the list here sure uh there's pesticides herbicides fertilizers you've got your gasolines your diesel fuels your kerosene oils Mercury thermometers, of course, paints. You've got your oil-based paints. It might still be sitting out in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, latex paints can be reduced and watered down and disposed of during the winter, sometimes right. pretty easily. You know, I know that when I went to clean out grandma's house, there were cleaners that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. uh, odds are the chemical base in those are no longer toxic, but you're not really sure. So you don't sure. really want to just put that stuff down the drain. Mm-hmm. Bring it to us. Let Raiders evaluate it. Let Litter Landing staff they know um, what provide this it. opportunity for you. They know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, now, when bringing this stuff to drop off, uh, what is the proper procedure? I well, mean, you obviously don't want to mix these things together into one gigantic container or anything like that. Absolutely. You can normally get your containers back um, if okay. you want them. If not, we have containment there on site, Gaylords and containers that will collect everything. Raiders mm-hmm. will go through it. If you've ever been to Litter Landing before at 1720 East Sandusky Street, you come in off the uh, roadway and there's a big turnaround. Raiders has a station set up. You just simply pull up to them. Their staff will come and help unload you. You don't even have to get out of the car if you don't want to to speed up the process. And then if you continue on through the line, you can then, of course, also drop off your recyclables while you're there. Absolutely. Um, But yeah. So that opportunity ends on Monday. Do they do they have to be in the original containers? They do not have to be because, as I said, Raiders can provide testing. Okay. Um, but if you happen to know what it is, it does it's, make the process a lot faster. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and again, you, you don't want to uh, to mix those to make it you know say oh well I'll make this easier just have one container. No. That's yeah. It. Uh, Some not, things that react with each other, and you although, don't want those fumes in your vehicle. Although, right, uh, that can be even more dangerous. Uh, although you mention uh gasoline and oil what about the mixture of the two for like those two cycle engines yep absolutely bring out the two cycle containment we can certainly process that as well 
So uh, this is specifically for household hazardous waste, the uh, final uh, collection, which is Monday. The regular recyclables, obviously, you can take those uh, year-round. Absolutely. Literally, will continue to be open Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 9 to 5 for the general public. But again, this household hazardous, it is the last chance for this event, at least until next year. And then we're going to ask you to store them. And hopefully the commissioners approve another uh, 20 events next summer. Right. And we can start the process all over again. And uh, with respect to the regular uh, recycling, um, things like appliances and electronics, those you can take pretty much any time, right? Yes, we have a collection bin on the north side of the building. On the outside, that is also co-sponsored by Raider Environmental. So we have a great working relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And of course, anytime during the winter, if you do have a mass project that you're looking to get through... Raiders can certainly help you out on their own, but the Solid Waste District does provide these okay. 20 events. So, you know, it's just something to to really keep in mind. So making sure that uh, we get everything into the proper category of what can be expe- accepted all the time and, again, what will what is just limited to these uh, household hazardous waste. Um, and one thing I want to make sure is this is events. a free for Hancock County residents. Right. Unfortunately, businesses you have larger quantities that are harder for us to contain during those community events. So you'll want to contact Raiders individually on your own. But this is for any Hancock County resident that comes in and we will collect it free of charge. Very good. Uh, And again, that is on Monday. Monday, August 28th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And that's it for the year all right so uh, make sure that uh, you get those collected and gathered together and over to litter landing uh on monday uh we've got the uh, link up on our webpage for more information goodmornings.net and again uh, courtney comstock from uh, litter landing with us uh, this morning courtney thanks very much for dropping by thank you you're listening to good mornings with chris oaks on 1330 wfin wfin.com and 95.5 fm We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Dateline, Oklahoma. I'm not sure exactly where in Oklahoma uh, this story is, but uh, in Oklahoma, Kimberly Coates uh, got into a little bit of trouble at her uh, at her place of work uh, because it turned out, well, she was uh, taken from her uh, work site and uh, she was taken in to meet with her supervisor um who suspected that she had been drinking on the job uh when asked what was in her cup she said oh it's just juice well turns out it was fermented juice <laughs> he uh gave the cup a, a sniff and said want to try again not just juice um she was submitted to a breathalyzer uh, the uh, cops were called in as she was drinking on the job, uh, submitted to a breathalyzer and blew a point two four, three times the legal limit. She was arrested on the spot for public intoxication. And uh, I'm guessing that her job as a third grade teacher <laughs> is now in jeopardy. She had to be taken out of her classroom uh, because she had been drinking on the job. First day of school. First day of school. That's not the way to start off a new school year. She was led out of the school through the hallways in handcuffs. Third grade teacher. Uh, inebriated in class. It's just juice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Elsewhere in the uh, broken news this morning. Um... A high-speed, now this is irony, in Los Angeles, a high-speed car chase ended when the suspect crashed into a bus that was carrying inmates. Um, the, the chase started on the 605 freeway, and the driver of a silver convertible failed to stop for officers. At times, the chase reached, uh, reached speeds of over 120 miles an hour. Uh, It ended when the car crashed into an L.A. County Sheriff's Department inmate bus. Now, fortunately, no inmates were on board. At the time, the suspect tried to flee the scene on foot, but was arrested. 
uh, he'll probably have a seat on the bus here uh, before too long, I would think. It turns out. Uh, speaking of uh, of irony, this is uh, kind of a twist on the Goldilocks story. Story about a bear that broke into a California man's home, searched for food, and then took a nap in his bed. <laughs> Brian, don't have Brian's last name, but Brian was out uh, boating with some friends when his ring camera alerted him to the reverse Goldilocks situation. <laughs> his his uh, security camera gave him an alert on his phone. Uh, using the app on his phone, he saw a black bear in his apartment foraging for food and then curling up for a nap on his bed. <laughs> he alerted the property manager. <laughs> How would you like to get that call if you're the super of a of the apartment building? Hey, there's a uh, there's a bear in my apartment. My response, if if I'm the property manager, is what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> it sounds like you have a problem. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Anyway, uh, the uh, property manager, though, did go to investigate the scene. He saw that, indeed, a bear was sleeping in my bed, Brian said. He started making loud noises, the uh, property manager did, and the bear popped up and climbed back out and ran off. Fortunately, no one was injured, but the bear did smash Brian's TV and shredded his bed sheets. So, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking that could have been a lot worse. You know, that's a story that could have had a uh, much different ending. So, thank goodness for uh, at least small miracles there. Bed sheets can be replaced. TV can be replaced. Uh, a couple of other items here in the uh, broken news. Now, <laughs> this... This is a story, you know how you know, cops have heard every excuse. Uh, just ask any police officer. They've heard every story under the sun. This one, though, may take the cake. It happened in uh, Centerville, Utah, where William Emerson, apparently, um, again, another high-speed chase, uh, hitting speeds of 102 miles an hour, going the wrong way through an active construction zone. Uh, William Emerson in a lot of trouble. Uh, 102 miles an hour, wrong way through an active construction zone. Um, Centerville police finally caught up with him. Centerville police and the Utah Highway Patrol, when he was uh, booked at the Highway Patrol office, Mr. Emerson admitted that he had smoked marijuana before the incident, um, and he was just out for a little fun, when asking the suspect, Mr. Emerson, why he was traveling at such a high rate of speed the wrong way through a construction zone, he claimed that uh, he was driving so fast because he was going for a booty call with a friend. was his excuse a friend had called you know a little little booty call <laughs> and so he was in a hurry <laughs> um the uh, trooper the arresting officer said mr emerson in his report said mr emerson showed no signs of regret and was actually excited about the experience <laughs> uh even though he apparently missed his booty call <laughs> That's that's got to be a new one. Uh, and finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, and this is a, a just an amazing story with a happy ending. Always love a happy ending in the broken news. A teenager in western Minnesota is getting some high praise after making an, uh, a very unusual catch and a recent fishing trip. 14-year-old Connor Hulsa uh, was fishing with his family uh, at a lake in the northern part of uh, western Minnesota during his family's summer vacation when he managed to reel in a wallet containing $2,000. The family found a business card inside the wallet and called the number. It's hard to believe that a business card would survive being in the lake, but uh, they were able to read the number, called the number, and it turned out 
that the wallet belonged to a Jim Denny from Iowa who had lost the wallet in the lake a year earlier. Figured he would never see it again. Um, Believe it or not, Connor turned down a cash reward for finding the wallet, but uh, the owner, Mr. Denny, did talk him into accepting dinner uh, and the gift of a personalized cooler for for the boat the next time they go out fishing. Uh, Mr. Denny also said he would be proud to have Mr. Connor as grandson would fight for him any day. That is awesome. $2,000 in the wallet. Could have just kept it. $2,000 in cash. Could have just kept it. Would have been really easy to do. But uh, contacted the owner and got it back to him after a year had been missing. That is... That is awesome. Let me give you that kid's name again. He deserves uh, some recognition. Connor Halsa. Congratulations. That is... A uh, terrific story there. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Finley's Andy Ritz on becoming a Finley Rotarian. After 35 years working as a pediatrician in Finley, I wanted to give back to the community, but not at my job, but as a service that would reach many people. The best way to do this was for me to join Finley Rotary, and that's what I did in February of 2022. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Finley Rotary at FindleyRotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, This from the Health File, kind of interesting, a a new survey of 2,000 Americans uh, finds that only 34% have visited their primary care doctor in the past year. When was the last time you got a checkup? You went to the doctor. 34%. Uh, say that they have visited their primary care doctor in the past year. The rest of us have not. Two-thirds, not. 53% in the survey say out-of-pocket costs were a primary concern, followed by transportation, 49%. Uh, in order to improve the American health care system, 41% would recommend more preventative care, and 33% want increased access to quality insurance coverage. Is still an issue. Health insurance can be confusing to navigate. And our research shows, uh, this according to Kate Long of Assurance IQ, our research shows this is especially true for younger people. Um, many people uh, end up enrolling in a plan where they don't understand how much uh, they will actually end up spending. I thought that was, uh, that was really interesting. And again, um, this is... Really tough to navigate for younger people, according to this uh, Assurance IQ survey. Uh, now, younger people generally thought of as, as uh, healthier uh, in general and uh, probably less in need of, of regular visits to the doctor. But um, this is something that uh, impacts everyone. Only 34% have visited their primary care physician in the past year. Make that appointment and get there. Get checked up. Everybody needs to do that. Well, summer vacation is drawing to a close. September will be here before you know it. And the month of September is National Library Card Sign-Up Month. With that in mind, we are joined by the Assistant Director of the Findlay-Hancock County Public Library, Joel Manti. Joel, thanks very much for uh, taking the time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. So, uh, before we get to uh, National Library Card Sign-Up Month, and I know you have things uh, going on uh, in conjunction with that uh, that are pretty exciting we want to talk about, uh, now that uh, summer vacation uh, season is over, the kids are, are heading back to school, uh, it is time for trips to the library, for uh, research, and you know, all of that. Uh, I know, you know, when we were kids, uh, we had a lot of research materials at home, we had an encyclopedia set, you know, all of those things. I don't know that too many people have that. We have, you know, internet access uh, these days, but uh, those reference materials, uh, you know, those printed reference materials, uh, just are not there at home. So the library has a lot of that stuff when it comes time to, you know, do your homework. Literally, we sure do, and we've got it. 
we've got a lot of it physical materials, mm-hmm. uh, but we've got so much of it as the digital access resources as well. Uh, so much is available for our students, um, including what we added last spring, our Brain Fuse Help Now. Um, we, it includes live uh, interactive tutors uh, for math, science, reading, writing, social studies, um, be able to get connected with a, with a live tutor and get free help right away from home or here at the library. Um, it's fantastic. And we, we've seen so many students get, get access to that yeah. and uh, really, really get down to learning. Yeah, Great. So, some uh, resources uh, available for students. And as you mentioned, those digital resources are available uh, either at the library physically or uh, virtually. Uh, and you've got the uh, the gateway to all of that at the uh, at the website. But again, uh, here again, more uh, many students don't necessarily have access to high speed internet at home, uh, but you do have that access uh, there at the library. That is correct. We've got uh, we've got Wi Fi. I know we, we've got a lot of the students getting one to one devices. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're needing that that internet connection, we've got it here. Always access twenty four seven around the building. Um, you can pull up out front and connect real quick if you need to to get a last-minute assignment submitted, yeah. uh, but get get it uploaded there. But we've also got our uh, public Internet computers. Anyone can come in, and uh, we see so many people get stuff printed and faxed and scanned in, emailed to yeah. their, their schools or jobs or whatever they're needing. Yeah, so uh, just a reminder, uh, again, as we get into back-to-school time, that those resources are available uh, at the Finley-Hancock County Public Library for those uh, who need them. Now, as we mentioned, September coming up on a new month, and it is National Library Card Sign-Up Month, and you've got stuff going on in conjunction with that. We sure do, yeah. It's going to be one of the best times of the year to sign up for a library card, Um, and so many people, we we come in, uh, oh, I've not been in here in a few years. Uh, their, their card's falling out of the system. We can get you re-signed up in about five minutes. Just need two forms of ID, one of them with your photo, one with your current address, and be able to get borrowing again. Um, but we're also doing, as part of the National Library Card sign-up, we've got two prize baskets, uh, one for adult and one for youth. Uh, so everybody that signs up this month is going to get entered into a pool to get their name drawn, and it'll be a Kindle prize basket with some uh, with a Kindle and some other great goodies to go along with it for our readers in the community. Uh, the, they'll really love it. Very cool. So uh, prizes uh, are available. A little incentive there to get you signed up for your uh, library card and avail yourself of all of those uh, resources. Also, want to mention when we're talking about things going on uh, at the library, September is National Sewing Month, and you're kind of leaning into that with some uh, programming. In the we month sure of September, are. yeah, we're going to have some uh, some great activities going on. We've got uh, tween nights uh, sewing scrunchies on September fourteenth, grades two to six. Um, but we're also having uh, our monthly craft circles happening. Um, it's always the last Thursday of the month, so we'll be having one next next week as well. Uh, but we also have access to Creative Bug through the library, which is a fantastic database uh, with over. 1,000 award-winning art and craft video classes uh, teach you how to do sewing for the for the for this month in particular, uh, but they've got macrame, they've got uh, embroidery, they've got so many great classes that you can take, and they're expert artists, uh, really inventive uh, things that they'll, they'll show you how to do step-by-step step and really get you engaged and get your creative uh, mind flowing and make something really wonderful. And on that note, that kind of, uh, we should mention, again, those uh, digital resources that are available uh, from the library, all kinds of great, so it is uh, National Sewing Month or anything creative uh, like that, but uh, all kinds of uh, classes and resources, uh, educational uh, programs and, and so on, on any number of subjects that are available uh, through, the, through the library. Yep, everything. Every month is a little bit different, and everything can be seen on our calendar uh, on our website. Uh, but we've also got our newsletter. You can get signed up. We'll send out a weekly, a week ahead email, let you know what's coming up, and get registered if there's registration. But otherwise, most of our classes are drop-ins that so you'll be able to just stop in with uh, yourself or bring your kiddos if it's a kids program and uh, take take part. And it's 
every month's a little bit different. That's what's so fun. Is of our, our programmers are such great of finding something unique to present about every month. And more details about all of this uh, are uh, posted at the website, right? Correct. Yep, finleylibrary.org. And by the way, we mentioned National Library's card sign-up month. You can uh, also sign up uh, digitally for a digital library card uh, as well, right there at the yeah. website, right? That is right, yep. You you don't have to stop in for, for that um, as long as you've got access to the Internet on your phone, on laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can apply for a digital library card, get access to our Hoopla, Libby, Canopy, Canopy um, streaming um, digital catalog of digital books, audiobooks, movies, music, so much more. Um, it's fantastic to be able to get that. And if you want to be able to borrow physical books, you, you can do that. You just have to stop in at the library and change that digital card to a physical card, and you'll be able to take out take something home with you as well there you go so a lot of things going on at the library and again uh, a reminder that uh, the resources are there homework help and and uh, research uh, materials uh, for all of those school projects as well as the kids uh, head into a new academic year and again library assistant director uh, joel manti with us uh, this morning joel thanks very much for the update we appreciate it thanks so much chris and that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we'll preview all of the games. Week number two of the high school football season. Speaking of schools, new Liberty Benton superintendent Bruce Otley will join us to discuss preparations for the start of their school year, including the ribbon cutting on a brand new elementary and middle school facility. That's pretty exciting. And, of course, more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Stay cool. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.